Humidity. 70 is with heart that amounts to overcast Thursday, then more clouds, but still dry Friday. 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Warmer days are ahead, and you're invited to fun family shopping at the Spring into Summer Arts and Crafts Show. There'll be an Easter bunny and free face painting for the kids. No admission charge and doors open at 9 a.m. Saturday, February 24th, Magnolia Park Recreation District, Louisiana 40, Folsom, Louisiana. Get more info on Facebook at Spring into Summer Arts and Crafts Show. show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I'd love to talk food with you. That's what we do here. We talk food. We talk other things too, but not very much. We talk weather and it is beautiful outside today. I was just with Tom at our uh, usual sunny place, Coretta, and um, it was like being at the beach. I had my sunglasses on. I was facing the sun and it was really, really nice after a kind of a crummy weather weekend. Yesterday was nice, though. It was actually quite nice yesterday. We spent it in the car, though. We drove across the lake to have lunch, not outside. It was too cold to be outside. Today, it, with <coughs> excuse me, with jackets on, it was, it was fine. What did you do over the weekend, Patty? Oh, we had a busy weekend. Um, Friday night, we went to no, we didn't go anywhere Friday night. Saturday, we went to Rizzuto's. Oh. And um, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Was that your first time there? Yes, my first time there. The first time since the other restaurant yep. exited. And I know, yep. I know that you were a Tony Angelo fan. Yes. And for those people who were Tony Angelo fans, I think the transition to Rizzuto's was dramatic but also sensitive and I think that a lot of the Tony Angelo fans were able to keep going back to that building and enjoying something else would you say that's a fair assessment I think so and it was pretty crowded I mean you know we good we had a a reservation and we still had to wait about 15 minutes and oh really good yeah great it was pretty crowded it was good I thought it was Uh good yeah um I think their char-grilled oysters are among the best. I feel like the char-grilled oysters kind of remind me of a stuffed artichoke. <laughs> yeah, they were good. We did get those. Those are good. And the crab cake was delicious. We got a I crab cake appetite. I don't know that I had the crab cake It was there. really good. Really good. Lots of How crab How much meat. was it? How much was um, it? I think it was $24. Okay. Yeah. So pan-seared, a lot of crab meat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Good. Because when a crab cake is in that price range, it should be good and should be, you know, I won't say loaded with crab meat, but it should certainly certainly be predominantly crab meat. What else did you do? And then last night, well, I went to see the LPO. I went to see the, um, they had a Beatles concert. Ah, They played uh Beatles music. 
at the yeah. Orpheum, and it was uh-huh. great. And then after that yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday afternoon. Uh-huh. And then afterwards, we went to Harvest Seafood out there in on Williams Boulevard, and okay, we got some fried fish and fried uh, oysters. They were really, really good. And Bob okay. got some raw oysters. You know, everybody's saying that this is the best time of the year for oysters. So. Okay. We had well. to go over there and try them. But you're right. Those charbroiled oysters at Rizzuta's were delicious. They're outstanding. Mm-hmm. But, but they're outstanding for, you know, everyone has their their bullet points on what a char-grilled oyster needs to be. Like my version of char-grilled goodness and Tom's are diametrically opposed. You know, he likes them to be less cooked, more juice, even though he doesn't usually eat the juice. But he likes less to him less is more with char grill to me more is more so i'm with you on that i'm with the parmesan more parmesan more garlic uh, not so much the breadcrumbs. I, I'm not a big breadcrumb fan with that but the more parmesan herbs and garlic uh and juice the be- better for me oh and cooked absolutely cooked yeah you they know, were they, I, I was a little hesitant to try them at first because they were so big uh-huh, but yeah. after a couple yeah. of other people at the table tried them, and they said, no, they were really good, and they were cooked all the way through. So I did yeah. get one, and it, it was they really good. Yeah. yeah. I think my first rule with seafood, and this goes double for oysters, if you have to use a fork uh, for more than one bite and a knife to make it into more than one bite, it's too big. That goes for shrimp and double for oysters. So if I see, now I can deal with a fried oyster that is crunchy and cooked all the way through and just bite it that way. But a char-grilled oyster is cooked but still soft. And so I don't really want to slice it. You know, I I don't want it to be that big. But I think Rizzuto's has a really great version by my standards to my taste i think risotto's is right up there with the best of them and frankly i've forgotten about their char grilled oysters i haven't been there in years and um i really we really liked it when we did go but we just have you know not gone and uh i remember as you're speaking of it that that's one of my favorite things there and it is because it reminds me of a stuffed artichoke. Because there's so much Parmesan and so much, much breadcrumbs and so uh, much in the way of garlic and herbs that the only thing that's different <laughs> is that it's not an artichoke. It's an oyster. And that's really the only difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, 556-9696 five, five, six, six, six is the number. Did you get a steak or did you get Italian? No, I got the veal Parmesan and it was... A lot of food. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was uh-huh. two big veal cutlets. And, uh-huh. like, I brought one of them home. And um, the pasta in the red sauce, that was yummy. Yeah. And uh, Bob got the meatballs and spaghetti, he said, which were delicious. And one yeah. of the other people at our table got the veal um, risotto, which she said was really good. Well, you know, I'm trying to remember their place on magazine that was really good i was surprised when they left it because i mean they're italian that's what it is and they had anybody somebody text or not text call patty email i think it begins with an a and they were in the space that is right across from 
Walgreens in that restaurant row that was next door to Basin Seafood. Uh, I think it's called Basin Seafood. And that is um, Edgar Caro. But this became Warbucks briefly, another bizarre misstep of the Besh group. But it was, I want to say... You know, I, I, I keep coming up with things like Avante and Amore, but that's not it. But they had a place, and it was really nice. It was Italian. It was wood-fired pizza and Italian food. So that's what they do, Italian food. When they moved to the Tony Angelo space, it became a steakhouse slash Italian food. And I, I can't decide which one they sell or seems to be more popular of the two, because it's definitely two restaurants in one. Did you see a lot of steaks going out? No, I didn't. But the people we went with, last time they were there, he got the ribeye steak. And uh -huh. he said it was really good. He said it was delicious. He ate every bite. Yeah, I feel like they've gravitated more toward a steakhouse since the move. And that's a pity because they were really good at Italian. So I'm glad to see that you got Italian, that that's still a big part of the menu. And now that I'm talking with you about it, I feel like we need to go again because it's been a really long time since we've been They have been a there. really big menu, too. It's an enormous yeah. menu. It's an enormous place. And uh, I'm glad to see that there was a wait even with a reservation. That's good. Mm -hmm. They have an outdoor place there in the front now, which is a little unusual. Um, not that they have an outdoor place, but it's kind of an unusual outdoor place. And they also have a place on the West Bank in, a, in an even more unusual really? space. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, do you remember O'Brien's Grill? Yeah. Okay, that, that's a peculiar space. I love it on the inside, but, I mean, it's like in a storage unit Yeah, area. it looks like a warehouse. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's tucked away in there, and you're wondering, what the heck is this doing tucked away in here? And I'm sure there's an interesting story of how that started, but O'Brien's was a great little steak place, and it's a pity when they closed it. I don't remember why they closed it. I, I, I think it was gone before COVID. It was definitely gone before COVID. But... Um, that's where they moved in. They moved in there. And um, they moved in as just a pizza place, but it's expanded to be a, a bigger menu. It's not steaks. It's just Italian. It's just their Italian restaurant. Let's take a break and be back with more of the food show after this. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Okie dokie, 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you about food. That's all we do here. So is that it, Patty? Did you have more? Yep. Like, Nope, that was it. We went to Harvest okay. Seafood Sunday night. Okay. That was it. Okay, so you didn't do any fish fries on Friday? No, we did not. Okay. 
We did two. We did one for you. We went to, uh, we were going to go to Gabrielle and pick up a $20 fish plate from there. But it was nasty after the show it on was. Friday. Was and I just didn't want to do it. And so I thought, you know, we're going to just stay over here and do some Catholic fish fries. But then I remembered that Pyre Barbecue, which I'm really high on right now, had a little blurb on Instagram about their fish fry plate, which was catfish, fries, and hush puppies. For twelve ninety nine, which I thought was a great deal. I mean, that's the price of a Catholic school fish fry, you know? So, I mean, it wasn't the price so much that motivated me. It was the fact that it was on the North Shore. And so we went over there and got that plate. It was outstanding. I, I am high on that place. It's not my favorite barbecue place. Uh, my favorite is, is Central City. But for the North Shore, I'm extremely satisfied with their contributions to Barbecue World. And uh, we have been having a nice time there of late. And I was really excited and surprised to see. I say surprised, but maybe not, because they're kind of really an eclectic place. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was delighted to see that they had this, uh, this fish fry. Now, it was so nasty that I didn't want Tom to get out of the car. So we pulled up. And I went and took a couple of pictures, and I got the plate, and we got back in the car and took a bite. And it was so good that we didn't move. We just sat there eating it. It was really, <laughs> really good. We did it, We did get a – I forgot. We got a, a fish plate, but not from a school. We went to Liuzas by the track and got okay. a fried fish plate. Now, was it like a special Lenten thing nope. they were doing? No, okay. they okay. do it. So it's just time. a normal thing. And they okay. do. Their fries are delicious. They do the hand That's cut the house fries. cut ones, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're good. Yeah. Well, that's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. Well, they're not always good, and I will get to that <laughs> in a bit. We had some that weren't so good over the weekend. But um, we... These were not, the, the, they're not doing fresh cut fries at uh, Pyre. They do fresh cut house chips, but I didn't feel like asking for that. So we had regular fries and it was an enormous pile of fries. And look, folks, if you are serving uh, things that are platters and um, you are giving a platter full of mostly fries, it's noticed. So don't bother because, especially if they're ordinary fries, you know, I mean, when, when the fries on the plate are double anything else, come on. So, but that, that wasn't the thing about this plate that I noticed. There were lots of fries there and they were very ordinary fries, but the fish was outstanding. It was uh, crispy cornmeal. It was hot enough that you had to wait to eat it. And it was really flavorful. I will absolutely go back and have that one or two more times this Lenten season. That was at Pyre Barbecue at the Trailhead in Mandeville. So we, we didn't eat the fries. We ate, Tom ate the hush puppies. And, um, and then we were, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was only 530 and I thought, well, we're not just going home because, you know, Tom was in bed all day that day because whenever it's nasty, that's where he's going to be. 
And I, I didn't want to go home yet. So I thought, you know what? We're close enough to where the kids went to grade school. And we were very involved in their school. We did everything there. We were involved with the fish fry with the scouts and all that. Let's go see. Let's go back in time and drop into Our Lady of the Lake. Well, <laughs> there wasn't any dropping in for us at Our Lady of the Lake. There was a line of about 50 people waiting for fish plates, and that just was not going to happen. So I thought, well, we're not going to go home because we're out. So I drove a little bit further and decided to try another Catholic school fish fry. We went to Mary Queen of Peace. And that wasn't nearly as tedious looking as the one at Our Lady of the Lake. It was very well organized. I'm not saying the one at Our Lady of the Lake wasn't. It was just way more crowded. And there were, you know, there's one line and they had essentially three choices. But one of the choices was like, Wow. It was called the Extravaganza. And they had on a $17 plate, they had fried shrimp, fried catfish, a crab cake, fried onion rings, fries, and another side, plus a drink and dessert. <laughs> I thought, wow, this is, this is an extravaganza. And so that was what we ordered, but they were out of it. They had just run out like two or three people up the line. So we had to settle for the $12 adult plate, but they gave you the option. I've never seen this before at any fish quote fry. They probably need to change the name since it's getting so out there. Um, they had uh, a choice of baked fish. Have you ever seen that, Patty? No, I have like, not. It was like baked fish on trays. It looked great. And uh, we, we got that. That was the option that we did. And the sides were mac and cheese, green beans, fries, a salad. I feel like there was one other thing that you could get. And so we chose the mac and cheese and, and the green beans, which were really good. I mean, there were canned green beans, of course. But Parmesan cheese and garlic aplenty on those. I mean, this was a really appealing plate for $12 and dessert and you know, a drink. So we sat down and I was just so smitten by the scene. It's been a long time since we've been in that environment. There was a row of um, shoebox floats. Do you remember the shoebox floats, Patty? Oh, yeah. And it was just like dropping back in time to really great times, you know, when you have your kids around. And it was just, it was cute. It was really cute. And so uh, I just was kind of 
entranced by the scene. The scouts were everywhere. It was great to look at the scouts. I remember Jude being a scout. And the Knights of Columbus, that goes all the way back to my father in the Knights of Columbus doing the fish fry when I was a kid. And it was just, I was just swooning, you know, because that's my thing. Not swooning, but that kind of Americana uh, that we hang on to by fingernails now. Uh, it was lovely. It was just lovely. And so uh, we had, Tom loved the fish and uh, the, the sides were great. He ate it all. I mean, I had a bite or two. And um, the extravaganza was across the table from me. And I couldn't believe this plate for $17. The crab cake looked better than some crab cakes in restaurants. I was stunned by it. We will definitely go back and have that gosh darn crab cake. And so after we... Uh, you know, got Tom seated and had the, the plate for him. I went over to get a drink. The drink was huge. Didn't have a lot of options. You could have tea, you could have lemonade, or you could have a tea-lemonade combo. And then uh, the desserts were enormous. Just this, this table, two or three tables full of all kinds of desserts, one of which was a Valentine cake with strawberry mousse in it. <laughs> like are you kidding me for 12 bucks so anyway it was great it was a really nice little uh nostalgic visit which we will absolutely do that's my new program every friday we're going to do a restaurant one and a catholic school one. where was that what school was that mary queen of peace in mandeville and then we came home we didn't want to come home but we came home because we've been there for kind of a long time. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I think we stay there longer than we do most restaurant visits. So, uh, but we will definitely go back and, and experience the extravaganza. Last year, we went to St. Anselm, St. Anselm in Madisonville, which I thought was the one to go to because, well, first of all, they have a drive-through. Patty, did you know that they were doing drive-through ashes this year? Yeah, I did. I saw that. I actually would have gone to one of those if I if I knew where they were, but um, anyway, the uh, the drive through was really well organized. I mean, I remember fish fries when I was growing up. They were basic. They were terrific, but they were basic. Five dollars a plate. Then when our kids were in school, school, they had started to get a little bit more elaborate. But now you've got the drive up. You've got, I think that one has a soft shell crab too. So, I mean, it's gotten a little bit crazy, but, but fascinating to watch the evolution of these things. So anyway, that's what we're going to be doing now. We're going to do one of each. So Saturday, I don't think we did anything. Saturday was particularly nasty, and I took the opportunity to get a lot of work done here. We didn't run around anywhere. Why don't we did Saturday? <clears throat> Tom has always said that the Crescent City Steakhouse is in a class by itself for its quality of beef. And I hadn't 
paid as much attention to that in my tenure of eight years going with him. But I did this particular last visit. The steak that we had was, honestly, you could have cut it with a butter knife. It was that fantastic. And that sounds like it's unappealing because a steak should have something to it. But it was the perfect sweet spot of tender, but not too tender. It was a 10 out of 10. We ordered two steaks, and I don't eat a lot of meat. So um, we took most of both of them home. And I had them in the refrigerator, and I knew that I was going to do, you know, another whole steak meal out of them. So on Saturday night, or I, I got some white potatoes, and I already had spinach, and so I made some mashed potatoes, and they were so buttery that I, I didn't really put any dairy liquid in, like milk or anything. I pretty much ate them with just butter and salt. And then I put some in there for Tom to make them fluffier. I took a cast iron skillet, put some olive oil in it, threw some cloves of garlic that I'd smashed in there and took the spinach and wilted the spinach down. And then I, uh, I had that cast iron skillet that I kept. And I will finish this story when we come back. But we are barreling fast toward the news from Louisiana Radio Network. It is 2.30. Stay with us for more of the food show after Louisiana this. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorington. Senate Health and Welfare Chairman Patrick McMass says a day-long meeting with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana about its proposed sale to Indiana-based Evelyn's Health produced a ton of unanswered questions. McMath says the sale will create a foundation to address poverty and health inequities, but there are a lot of unknowns. $3 billion foundation um, that, quite frankly, is is the, the language that both sets it up and determines its scope and practice is incredibly vague. Due to the growing intensity of storms, there's talk of adding a Category 6 for hurricanes. A Cat 6 would be defined as wind speeds of more than 192 miles per hour. But LSU climatologist Barry Kimes says considering the last one that even came close in the Atlantic was Hurricane Allen in 1980 at 190 miles per hour, there's no need. In my opinion, with no Category 6 storms ever in the Atlantic and only five in the Pacific, I don't see a real need to create this category. LRN. Getting your biggest tax refund from Jackson Hewitt can lead to some spirited reactions. Jackson Hewitt, yeah! Jackson Hewitt is so sure that you'll get your biggest refund that if they don't, you get your money back plus a hundred bucks. Jackson Hewitt, yeah! And Jackson Hewitt also guarantees the accuracy of your return for life. Hewitt, yeah! So don't just sit there. For your biggest refund guaranteed, walk into a Jackson Hewitt today and dance out Jackson Hewitt, yeah! Check out this fun game from the lottery. Play 333, win up to $3,000. Stop at your favorite lottery retailer and ask for 333 today for your chance to win up to $3,000. Triple your fun, triple your cash. Play Bingo Tripler from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Stop at your favorite lottery retailer and ask for Bingo Tripler today for your chance to win up to $100,000. The Louisiana Lottery, giving you a reason to smile. Must be at least 21 to purchase. A little appreciation really goes a long way, whether it be our wait staff, employees, family members, 
or even strangers who open the door for us. Letting someone know that they're appreciated really means a lot. Unfortunately, in today's high-tech, low-touch environment, it's becoming more the exception than the rule that we show appreciation for others. This appears to be the case in spite of the ease and little effort that appreciation requires. And due to this fact, being appreciated has probably never been more valued. So the next time we get the chance, let's take a minute to simply share how much we appreciate someone else. Now, I'm talking about more than a simple thank you, by the way. I'm talking about saying the words, I really appreciate you. You'll make your world and someone else's a little kinder. I'm Ed Harrell, founder of The Kindness Revolution. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items, so head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Alrighty, we are back. 556-9696 is the number. We had busy weekends, us two over on this end. If you had a similar weekend, or even if you didn't, if you just went one place and want to talk about it, we're here. We'd love to hear it. That's what we do. All right, so um, the steaks were fantastically good, and we took them home, and so I had essentially two whole fillets to have here. And I made the spinach and then I put the mashed potato. I played restaurant, so I stacked it. I had uh, the spinach on the bottom. I had the potatoes underneath. And then I put the pan-seared steak. I usually cut up leftover steak put it in a, in a cast iron skillet with butter and Worcestershire sauce. But this time I did the steaks like they would be coming off the grill at a restaurant. We did, I didn't cut it up. And I also had in that pan some uh, mushrooms, chunks of mushrooms, put some wine in there, and then um, I plated that up. And we just had a fantastic steak dinner. Uh, I won't say 2.0 because it was not as good as the one at the restaurant, of course, but it was pretty great. Tom's still talking about it. So I am thinking, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I don't care because it was that good. I am thinking that when I want to do a steak dinner at home, I'm going to go get a couple of steaks from the Crescent City and keep them here and then reheat uh, them in a cast iron skillet because it's worth it. It's that good. I don't have a lot of luck purchasing raw steak. I always find that I am disappointed in, well, the end product. And uh, steaks are not cheap anymore. And the steak at the Crescent City is, I think, 
I don't know, what is it? Maybe $36. So I realize it's double the price and, of course, double the effort. But if you're looking for um, perfection in a home stake, uh, I, I think I'm going to try that. I'm going to try doing that. And I made a resolution that we're going to start going to the Crescent City when we want steaks um, more often than we do because it is really exceptional beef. It just, it just is. And I say to all of you who are regulars at uh, Ruth's and are disgusted with that, you should try Crescent City. I think you will be uh, very satisfied with the steak in front of you at Crescent City. It's also a cool place. Anyway, so that's what we did. We stayed in and had um, had the steak stack, I should say, and had a glass of wine. I'm still drinking the same provenance wine that I opened the last time I cooked, and it's fine. I mean, for my taste, I am hardly a wine connoisseur, but uh, it's a it's a good cab and it's nice. So that's what we did for Saturday night. And so yesterday, it was just too beautiful to stay in. So I got Tom up. We got in the car. I needed a picture of the Parkway Poor Boy Shrimp Poor Boy. Because I'm going to put it in a piece that I'm writing for the next newsletter with the dozen best dishes to thrill you for Lent. Because even though we eat like that all the time, you're supposed to be sacrificing. It's hardly a sacrifice. But anyway, favorite seafood dishes around town. And that's, that's in the fried poor boy category. So uh, we were going over to do that. But I didn't want to just go to Parkway because... I didn't have enough content from that. So we're going to go someplace nice. And honestly, I we were, we were heading, you know where we were headed, Patty? Boudreaux's in St. Rose. And then while we were on the causeway, Tom mentioned Galatoire's. And honestly, I had thought about going to Galatoire's because in this piece, the number one dish to me is the Tradamadina Galatoire's. And just writing it and looking at all the pictures made me want to eat it. But I just, I couldn't do it because we don't get out that much and I need to write about different things. So I thought, you know what, I'm not going to go to the same kind of place that we always go, which is a place that's far beneath where Tom spent his life, you know. We're going to go to a nicer place. So I started racking my brain as to what place we might be able to get into in that caliber that was not, you know, that would, that would be kind of easy for us. And so I thought about Patois. We haven't been to Patois in a long time. Have you ever been there, Patty, to Patois? Did I ask you that already? Probably. No, no, I've never been there. For those people who listened and have been listening a long time, you can help me with this because I have to ask you these questions because I can't answer, ask them to Tom anymore. The restaurant that preceded Patois in that space, can you send it to me, Tom, at nomenu.com? The answer to all these questions that I asked, Tom, at nomenu.com. Uh, 
or call Patty and tell her. But there was a restaurant in that space that predates Patois. And there was a chef there. I think he was the owner, or maybe he wasn't, I'm not sure. But the chef at that restaurant had a um, penchant for carving wooden Dutch shoes out of potatoes. I kid you not. So you would have like a boiled potato with these shoes in your salad or something. And it was the most unusual trait I've ever seen in a restaurant. So I'm asking this question. What was the name of the restaurant that was there before Patois? What was the name of the chef who carved the shoes? And is he still around? Does anybody know the answer to that? Because I would really like to know that. I mean, I, I bet you if I looked this up on nomenu.com, I would come up with it. I'm curious. I'm going to do that while Darren comes on in. Come on, Darren. Come on in. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? It is going fine. How about with you? I'm back from Vegas. <gasps> That's right. How was Vegas? Trip, trip of a lifetime. And you oh, know what, good. Marianne, for everyone listening, you don't need, we don't gamble. We were there from Monday, today a week ago, Monday, all the way to Saturday. We never put one single red cent into gambling. Everything was adventure and food. Oh, good, because that's, you know, Vegas has definitely uh, bursted out of that um, box that it was in, that you had to be there to gamble. It's about shows and food now, too. We had an amazing, amazing trip, and and the two dining, the two biggest dining experiences that will remain with me forever. So we, so again, I I know it's pronounced several different ways, but we went to Giada for for Valentine. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, and this is definitive because my son knows her. Okay, her name is Jada. 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 Mm-hmm. Jada. So okay. that was incredible. The first of all, just the restaurant is just absolutely beautiful and it's designed in such a way at the Cromwell that the entire view is a window that overlooked the strip and the fountains of the Bellagio, which is where we were staying at the Bellagio. So that in itself was incredible. And we, we were just from the moment we arrived until the moment we left, we were treated like royalty. I mean, it was incredible. And, and the food is just perfect. I mean, we started with her meatballs as an appetizer, which I, I think if I could have eaten the plate, I would have. Were they little? Were they big? Were they hard? Were they crumbly? They're, they're, were they? They're little. They're soft. Ugh. You best. know the the, the voice. You know what it reminded me of Vincent's. If Vincent has one of the most delicate meatballs. I've yes, ever he had does. In my life. Yes, it's a veal. It's a veal meatball. Yes. Tremendously uh-huh. delicate. Yes. Just on point. 
Okay. The only regret is I wish I would have had some really good bread to sop up the There wasn't any the... really good bread in the place? Well, it just didn't come with the appetizer, so we just kind of spooned it up. It was that good. Wait, wait, stop and right then... there. Wait, stop right there. I have a question. There wasn't any terrific Italian bread or bread basket in that place? Not to my knowledge. I don't really? think. Uh. And we may have not. Maybe it would have been something you had to order. Or, for, for whatever the reason, I don't remember. And then we both decided to do her, her signature dish, which is, a, which is a lemon pasta. And it, it's just, it's almost hard to explain. I mean, it was like heaven. Oh, gosh. Like a I mean, lemon cream, just, like a lemon cream sauce. Yes. Yeah. It had okay. two. Ugh. It had, it had two. Oh, wait. You know what, Darren? Shrimp. Darren, you always call me right before a break, and then I get so entranced sure. by what you're saying that we go through the break. So stop right there. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Darren's report on Vegas. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home Cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294. 4815 Contage. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. All righty. 5569696 is the number back with Darren, who is giving us a rundown of his vacation of a lifetime in Vegas. I'm glad it's not staying in Vegas. Tell us all about it. So, so it was just, I mean, her restaurant was excellent. I mean, I could easily go back just to navigate through that menu. It, um, I know another big item there, which I did not, we did not get, but I did see is there, there's like a short ribs, um, that's very, very popular, Mm -hmm. but, um, boy, was it good. And we were treated so well. And here is the craziest the person that brought us to our seat, that gave my wife a rose and then brought us to her seat, she said, I'm from Metairie, Louisiana. Oh, and no. We like, what? <laughs> you know, right? I love that. I love when that happens. Love it. You know, so, so that was a great meal. We, we did do a, a, a meal at the Paris Hotel uh, one of their cafes, and I will tell you, I know Stan was on the quest to find the best shrimp cocktail. I, we without a doubt, found the best spinach dip ever. I mean, just ever. So that was kind of cool at that at that dining experience. We we had an experience at Caesar's Palace, but but the the big one. The final night we were there, we went to Mandolin Bay to see Michael Jackson's show one, which is incredible. And we decided we're going to do something we've never done before, just completely out of the box. So there's a restaurant, a Mediterranean restaurant in that hotel, Orla. Uh And I don't know much about Mediterranean food or 
chefs within that arena, but apparently this chef is just world known and regarded. And we did the Orla experience and it was an, from start to finish, a taste of everything on the menu. It's not Otto. What's his name? Is it? No, I don't think I'm going to have to go look up Orla or maybe Patty's close to a Google. Wait, no, it's not Otto. It's somebody Adelegi. I have to think of his name. It is. It was Marianne, the experience of a lifetime. They start with, first of all, the, everyone there is very well versed or educated in Mediterranean food. It was a tutorial from start to finish. And they start with just bringing out the box of all the spices that this chef travels the world to find, brings them back in barrel sizes. And oh, Michael Mina. Michael Mina? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and everything is... I was they, wondering where they, he landed. Go ahead. They ground or grind everything there on location. And uh-huh. because we've never had Mediterranean food, it, our, our, our palate was like explosive. It was flavors we had never tasted before. Uh-huh. And so they, they, they start by explaining the spices. Then they come out. I know this sounds simple, but they come out with this elaborate bread service with a multitude of breads and all of the, the, the dipping, I guess, if you will, from the Mediterranean olive oil to the um, avocado-infused Hummus or hummus, however you pronounce that. Hummus. I can't remember what the what the. the wait, wait, wait. I like have to consi- continue, Darren. I'm sorry. Go, I have to go see what happened in here. Okay. Sure, sure. Um, there's there's like a white dipping sauce, which I cannot remember the name of that. Um, but that was the first. It was five courses. That was the first. And then there was um, just an incredible Greek salad with um, fresh, uh, just I'm a sorry. multitude. There was an incredible Greek salad with a multitude of vegetables with a fresh piece of cut feta that you could put on concrete and it would be good. Was the Greek salad uh, with or without lettuces? With did you add, did you say lettuce? Lettuce, yes, because there's a village no, Greek no salad lettuce. that has no, no lettuce. lettuce. Okay, no lettuce, right. and and I didn't know what it was until I asked. It's a village Greek that, salad. Is what the radishes that look like watermelon, unbelievable. All of the vegetables are unbelievable. Yeah. Everything, like even to the house-made pickles, are unbelievable. <laughs> so there was that. Then we received a hummus with foie gras. Really? Which was incredible. Huh. Melted in, in your mouth. We received a piece of big-eyed tuna. And, and you might be more familiar with it, Marianne. It's like a little ball that's fried with chickpeas on the inside. 
there's a name for mm-hmm. it. It starts with an F. Falafel. 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 Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Really? Well, Darren, it and sounds then, like you had your world opened up. So it was five courses, but I'll tell you something so interesting, and all of the, even to include the meats and all of that. The fourth course was this, this Mediterranean style pasta with a duck ragu. Mm-hmm. And the minute I put it into my mouth, I was like, wow. This has a little bit of like Sicilian, like I could taste hmm. a little bit of Italian. And I, so we talked to the waiter who's from Morocco and he said, well, think about the Mediterranean. He said, and that's what's so unique about these, about this, this food is that there are influences that you wouldn't expect. From so many countries. So was, yeah. Yeah. That was really, really cool. But it was just, I mean, and then, of course, the, 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 the meats, of course, you know, there's that, uh, the one that looks like the kebab. It's almost like a meatloaf consistency. Kefta kebab. Um, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. The chicken that's wrapped in, like, grape leaves. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was a five-course menu. How much five was it? Five-course. So it was 97 a person. That's actually really good. And um, actually, he told us, the waiter said, I don't know how long this is going to last because the value yeah. is incredible. It is a, it's an incredible absolutely value. Absolutely incredible. And then, of course, we did, uh, I, I, you know, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I love old fashions. And there was a fig-infused old mm, fashioned that I, cool. it was unbelievable. Cool. What was the dessert? Did you say what the dessert was? So the dessert was, which was a first, obviously, for us, a rice pudding that was incredible. Uh I mean, just incredible. There's a name for that, too. And then, and I have all the names on my phone. And then the other one was... Horiatiki is the the salad that you had. Horiatiki. Horiatiki. Yeah, where are you? And then if you find Orlo, you can see the actual menus printed for the experience. And then the other dessert was like a, almost like a, what I would think of as like a light and fluffy mousse. But I guess uh, I yeah, there's a name, the name for the rice it. pudding too. I, I I don't know what it is off the top of Which my head. So good, and it's, we got there. Was there honey with it? Was there honey with it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And our reservation was at five, and by the time we were probably on course two, you couldn't seat another person. That place was just. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because he's had quite a trajectory of places that have closed, and I was wondering where he landed. So I'm really glad to see that he's doing well. Mm -hmm. And they are so customer centric. They said at any time, if you want to speak to him about what he's serving you, he will come out to the table and speak with you. Hmm. Okay. Well, good. We just, good, good, it was, good. It was awesome. We did Wonderful. see, by the way, just for your FYI, there are two Smith and Walensky's. One, I believe, is at the Paris, and one is at the Venetian. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad you didn't go and to Smith and Walensky there because, I mean, a steakhouse, did. as great a steakhouse as it is, and I really do think it's a great steakhouse. I mean, you got to, in Vegas, you got to, you got to hit swing for the fences. There's so many places like the one you just talked about. Michael Mina is a big celebrity chef, but he's been around for a long time. And of course, Jada, I, I'm going to tell Jude, he's got to go to Jada. It just, when he's it there. was a wonderful experience. I mean, Marianne, it, it, it's expensive. I mean, I you know, just well, day it's in, Vegas, day out. baby. It's Vegas. It's expensive, but um, but one thing we researched, <laughs> and I'll let you go on this note: the Bellagio, which is where we stayed, uh-huh. the Bellagio profits on average one point two million a day. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, you know what? Then they should cut prices a little bit. I'll tell you what the uh, the two dollar bet when I was around there, and this is back, you know, forty years ago. The two dollar bet in Vegas when we used to drive there after work uh, on the on the um, what is the name of the card game that everybody plays? I'm sorry, blackjack. Blackjack. Thank you. The blackjack tables. The two dollar it was a two dollar bet back then, and it was a five dollar bet if you were really a high roller. I'll bet you it's at least twenty five bucks now. Somebody who's been to Vegas lately who plays blackjack, what's the minimum bet there? Call us up. I, I'm sure, and I'll leave you on this note. I mean, it's it's all about Vegas, and 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 I, I know this is the food show, but that that show Michael Jackson won. The last performance was a hologram of him performing. Mm-hmm. And Marianne, you literally, I mean, the technology is so incredible. And it is. Yeah, we it felt is. Like he was How much was the ticket for that? How much was the ticket for that? That was maybe about 125 Yeah, I mean, it's a high rolling place. It is. I would go to Vegas to hike around it. So uh, I just need to see it once just to see what it looks like. I want to hear about your your excursion outside of Vegas when you call back. You you don't have time. It's like a minute. That included food from an Indian reservation. So I'll. I'll Oh my God! Really? Oh gosh! But you didn't go. You didn't get to go on the reservation, did you? Yes. Yes. You did? Well, yes. let me tell you what, that is not easy because I had a friend who married a guy from the reservation and it was really like I couldn't go to the wedding. So it's, yes. it's and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you about that in the fire roasted chicken, which oh, I can't I've wait. never okay. tasted chicken so good. So. All right, All Darren. Right. I look forward Talk to hearing to you your later. report. All right. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I can't even, I can't even give my report on Patois after that. I mean... <laughs> Wow, that was uh, that was impressive. I now I'm going to be lying awake tonight here, wanting to hear about the uh, dinner on the reservation. They used to have these, um, and I'm sure they still do, but they had um, tours that you could take, and they were guided on the reservation where you could go into the homes and buy the folk art and you know woven rugs and things like that and um straw pottery that kind of stuff uh right off the reservation and i did not do that but i probably because i didn't have any money to go buy the stuff but i really really would love to have done actually i say that but i found it all very depressing it was really sticks in my heart to this day All right, we are going to be talking about an event called, Patty, tell me. 
cook off for the coast. For the coast. I knew the coast was in there. I did find out the information I was looking for. All of that when we come back. WGSO, time for the news, USA Network, 3 o'clock. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. As lawmakers on Capitol Hill are continuing to discuss a border security package, which would send aid as well to Israel, Ukraine, or Taiwan, Colorado Democratic Senator Michael Bennett explains on Fox News Sunday why he believes aid anywhere is a tricky situation on Capitol Hill. You can't get 70 votes for anything in the United States Senate. That is a reflection of how urgent Republicans and Democrats in the Senate feel about this. I believe it's a reflection of the American people's sense of urgency when democracy is under attack. The U.N. stop court is rejecting a call for it to intervene in Israel's planned ground offensive against Hamas in the city of Rafah. The International Court of Justice turning down the request from South Africa saying its previous order, which requires Israel to fully comply with the Genocide Convention, still applies. The United States fears that Russia might put a nuclear weapon in space. Florida Republican Congressman Michael Walls joins Fox News Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo to weigh in. President Trump knew uh, that you can't be number one on Earth if you're number two in space. He also knew that every shot in all of our war games, the first shots were fired in space and in cyberspace. So he absolutely created the Space Force. Uh, They needed the budget. They needed the equal seat at the table in the Pentagon. And once again, Trump was right. President Joe Biden's youngest brother, Jim Biden, was deeply involved in a company now being investigated for an alleged massive Medicare fraud scheme. Politico obtaining an email in which the younger Biden mentions using his connection with his brother, the former vice president, to help with the scheme. No comment from either President Biden or the White House regarding the allegations. This is USA News. Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's home ownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-378-2250. That's 800-378-2250. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. Many along the California coast are continuing to brace for flooding in the next several days. State emergency officials are issuing some evacuation orders as well. They say there could be flash flooding and landslides possibly through Wednesday. It's partially because of a massive winter storm. It's set to slam the Sierra Nevada mountain range between L.A. and San Francisco. High altitude portions of Yosemite, the Sierra National Forest, and Sequoia National Park could all receive three to five feet of new snow, it will almost certainly mean a massive snow melt in the coming days. The National Weather Service has posted flood watches and high surf advisories covering a region from Burbank, California, south, all the way to Chula Vista at the U.S.-Mexico border. 
USA's Ryan Daniels with that report. Speaking to ABC's this week, Pennsylvania Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro is sharing his thoughts on a potential Trump-Biden rematch. I think it speaks. Dry weather and a gradual warm-up through the rest of the week. Really nice spring-like days ahead for us. Then a chance of showers returning somewhat Saturday. Better chance on Sunday. It's a sunny afternoon the rest of the day. Tonight, clear skies, chilly. 60s dropped to lows of low to upper 40s. Mostly sunshine tomorrow, 60s to near 70. 70 is with heart than a mostly overcast Thursday, then more clouds but still dry Friday. 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Warmer days are ahead, and you're invited to fun family shopping at the Spring into Summer Arts and Crafts Show. There'll be an Easter bunny and free face painting for the kids. No admission charge and doors open at 9 a.m. Saturday, February 24th, Magnolia Park Recreation District, Louisiana 40, Folsom, Louisiana. Get more info on Facebook at Spring into Summer Arts and Crafts Show. the second course of the food show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. This is when we usually invite a guest in to tell us about something that we'd like to know about. And today that person is Simone Milaz. She is, and I, I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly. So no, me. great job. Oh, no, no, okay. I'm very proud. Great. Yes, yes. Great. <laughs> She's going to be talking about cook off for the coast. And I am going to really dig deep. I hope you are ready to answer a whole bunch of questions, primarily about the foundation, which I find a really interesting story. So let's tell tell us about the event first. Yeah, Cook yeah, off so for the coast. You. Yeah, thank you first for having us back on. I think we were on last year, and, and we had a, a record attendance. The weather was beautiful. So whatever you Wonderful. had to do with that, we appreciate that. <laughs> and happy to, happy to put in that request this year as well. Um, as you mentioned, so I work for an organization called Restore the Mississippi River Delta, and we team up with a couple of other partners to help present this cook-off for the coast. It's it's really just a great way to connect so many wonderful things about South Louisiana, including food and culture and coastal restoration, and put it in in a really important community in, in a way that people love. So what is the Dockville farm? What is that? Yeah, so um, we have wonderful partners in the Moreau Foundation, um, and they are based in St. Bernard. And Dockville Farm is, is their physical presence there. They they do a lot of work in, in that community in particular. And if you're driving um, in St. Bernard and, and you start to see these, this beautiful oak-lined road, you know you're getting close um, on the Dockville side. They have a, a beautiful facility that they make use of many community partners. Um, they have a lot of outdoor space for us to host. Our, our cooking teams, which is pretty central to, to what the cook-off is about. All right, so let's start with the foundation. Tell me, tell mm-hmm. us about the foundation. Tell us about the family. It's really, you know, goes back. Yeah, yeah. So um, not really my story to tell um, because we, we are really partners with them, but the Arlene oh, okay. and Joseph Moreau Foundation is a, um, it's a, charitable, a charitable foundation, right? So they're 
um, in our world, in our speed, they're a 501c3, which means that you're a nonprofit organization. Um, and it was established by Arlene um, Moreau to benefit the community of St. Bernard Parish, right? So, so they, that is the area of the world that they focus in. Um, they had quite a bit of land holdings. And so now the foundation's board of directors, um, which has, um, still has family connections, um, they all are part of this community impact that they have there. And they, they think about ways to uh, basically just build a better St. Bernard, right? Yeah, let's say celebrate St. Bernard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, they're really looking for lasting change. Um, they make wonderful partners for us just because of their footprint um, in that in that St. Bernard area and uh, so much has so much connections to the coastal world that we work in every day. So what you do, you're part of a different uh, foundation, not foundation, but a charitable organization yeah. that partners with them among many other charitable organizations that partners with them. Is that right? Yeah, that's one of the best okay. things about okay. the coastal world is that um, is we have so many different partners. And so we, I, I am part of a coalition, so a group of several different organizations, um, three national organizations and two local organizations uh, with the uh, Pontchartrain Conservancy and the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana. Those are two partners in our coalition, and we work every day um, just on the restoration of the Mississippi River Delta. So that wow. can mean many things. Um, that can mean, um, you know, working on policy. That can mean, you know, educating folks, taking folks out on field trips. We focus on coastal restoration projects. Um, so that's our work in which we do every day. But we know that the communities are essential to our work, and that's one of the reasons why we found wonderful partners such as the Moreau Foundation and uh, another group that we work with called Vanishing Paradise. And we all team up to host this cook-off for the coast. And then um, that not just is a community event, but it actually further raises money uh, for two different projects in the area, one with Nunez Community College and Chalmette High School, and then uh, the Coalition to Restore coastal Louisiana. So uh, there's a, a charitable aspect to it as well in which we donate funds to those groups, those local community projects. So when you said field trips, I mean, I had no idea you could do that. So what, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's one of the things that, um, you know, we know not a lot of folks, you know, what some of these projects that we're building on the coast, and some people get to see it if they fish or they hunt or, or they happen to be located by some of these, but we know not everybody has access to some of these projects. And so a couple of times during the year we try to offer a variety of, of different ways that folks can get out and see the work that's happening. We're actually very lucky nowadays that there's a couple of major projects happening right where everybody can see them. And if you're ever traveling from New Orleans to Baton Rouge on the Bonnie Carey, um, if you look out your window um, either towards the lakeside or the riverside, you might be able to see some big excavation working, and that's a coastal restoration project right there. So they're doing... What are they doing? From, yeah, so, so they're actually um, creating some marsh right there. So they've lost some marsh, and so they're pumping new 
sediment, new material into that area, and those excavators are kind of working it around. Um, and so, again, they're making so many investments in coastal Louisiana. It's so awesome to have one right there where everybody can see. But we, we know that um, there's many others out there. So that's one thing that we try to do um, as much as we can, you know, take folks out or educate folks on these really important projects that are happening right next to their communities. So before we take a break, because we have to take a break in a couple of minutes and get into the specific reason for your call, which is the cook-off for the coast, is there a website that people can look at to see if they wanted to, I don't know, are these field trips that you mentioned yeah. open to the yeah, public? Yeah, yeah. So one of the best places, so they can, um, a place that you can go to is MississippiRiverDelta.org, um, and that's where we list a, our priority projects. Of course, we support a variety of projects, but we focus in on a couple, trying to get them over the finish line. You can find out more information on projects there, MississippiRiverDelta.org. And, of course, following us on social with Facebook and Twitter. I heard a rumor we had a TikTok. I don't TikTok, but somebody TikTok. (laughs) Um, But that's a great first place to find out more information on these projects and more information on ways that we're trying to connect in the community, um, like field trips. Okay, and so this event, we, we're not going to, we don't have time to get into specific details, but I have lots of questions about that. But how yeah, old sure. is the event itself? Yeah, yeah. So um, they've been doing this for a couple of years. This, it's uh, always been a free family event, and it started in 2017. Um, oh, they had to take okay. a couple years break because of COVID, and last mm-hmm. year was our first year back, uh, and it was in, uh, just what a way to come back. It was excellent. So we're looking forward to doing it again this year. Okay, so seven years you've been at it. Well, and we had to take a couple off, so I feel, <laughs> you know, okay. so so we started it back in 2017, and then we had to take a couple years off, um, but this will be well, our second year And last year, year was after. your, okay, so last year was your first yes. year back. Yeah, okay, last year so we came back after a couple years break, and um, second yeah, we year had a wonderful experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you work on this, I guess, uh, as part of all the things that you do, you work on this year round and uh, are anticipating this becoming something really big. I yeah, so much okay. work goes into the cook-off for the coast. We have some really wonderful partners that and an amazing team that help pulls it together. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really just this one-day event, um, and, and as mentioned, it's it's free and family Okay, we're, we have, we're, we're going to get into that. We're going to take a break right now, sure, and sure. we will be back with Simone Millars. I hope I got it right a second time. All right, right after this. A poor boy place at all. Di Martino's is a wonderful restaurant with traditional Italian food and excellent fish and chicken dishes, as well as the muffalettas for which they are known. With three locations on the West Bank that are more casual, the Covington restaurant feels upscale with good food and great prices. It's a winner. Di Martino's Covington, Marrero, Algiers, and Terrytown. DiMartino's.com. I get misty just holding your hand. Alrighty, we are talking about an event coming up next Saturday. It's called Cook Off for the Coast. It's down in St. Bernard Parish. We are talking to Simone Malaz. And we are now ready to get into the specifics of the <laughs> event. So tell us about uh, how it came together and who's going to be there and how it's going to work. 
Yeah, so it's such a fun idea, and, and it just really works. Um, so Cook-Off for a Coast, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's just this wonderful way to bring together, you know, coast and community and all the things that we love about coastal Louisiana and, and such, you know, we Food, obviously, is super important and integral to both our coast and our culture, so it's, it's so fun that, that this event centers around that. Uh, the event is Saturday, um, February 24th. It's from 11 to 3 p.m. Um, it's located at Docville Farm, which is on East St. Bernard Highway in Violet in St. Bernard. Um, so this is where it gets really fun. So they have cook teams, and they have free tastings from all of the cook teams who make dishes that feature wild game. And so then there's a judging based off of that in a couple of different categories, swims, flies, and crawls. Oh, crawls. <laughs> and then there, oh. Yeah, I, I said walks <laughs> once, and I was like, that sounds terrible, but crawls. Crawl sounds, uh, yeah, crawls does sound <laughs> terrible. I got to say, maybe you should think about that. Yeah, um, and then there's a student and a crowd favorite, and judges select all the winners. Um, and so it's so much fun. Um, there's folks that make, you know, traditional dishes with fish and shellfish, um, reptiles. There's always, you know, somebody usually has duck. Uh, there's deer and wild boar. Last year there was raccoon. Um, in case you know you really Look at chances, wanna... Patty. We we talked to Chef John Fulce a couple of days ago. And he was fixated on this raccoon and rooster stew. What are the chances, yeah, Patty, that on up. the food oh, right. show, not you know. me, baby, I grew up on Vienna sausages. But, that's how Chef Paul grew up, right? So, that's, um, right. that's how he grew up, yeah. yeah but, we, but Patty, what are the chances of this uh, raccoon being featured on the food show twice in three days? No kidding, yeah. huh? That wasn't on that? your bingo card, right? Oh, my goodness. All right, so well, go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting yeah, you, but yeah, I just no, was people, struck by that. So yeah, it's so fun. People, um, you know, they have all these cook teams, and they're very competitive, and they don't like to share, you know, what they're cooking or some of their secrets. Um, but there is something for both the adventurers and for folks who, who just like, like, you know, coastal Louisiana food. You just uh, want some shrimp. Yeah, there's a wonderful <laughs> So there's, there's some year. safety. There's a couple of safety valves built in. Definitely, right? definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. always. Um, there was okay. jambalaya. I remember a few oh, things there you like go. that. But, right. but people are curious. You know, I can't tell you how many people just got the raccoon because they wanted to try it. So uh-huh. it just. And what did they it, say about it is what I want to know. Um, so I think everybody just says it. It tastes gamey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but okay. but I know, I, you know, I think the cook teams do such a wonderful job. I remember um, there was a beautiful curry last year, and these. Oh, right. Wait, a raccoon these, curry? Did you say a raccoon curry? So I can't remember if the curry was raccoon, but I'm actually I think it was. But but yeah. So so <laughs> these cook teams are. This is too, I mean, they too bring weird. Their A game, right? <laughs> yeah. These are these are like. These are serious competitors here. Patty is Patty is reeling. If you hear a crash, she fell off her chair. All right. I can't believe we're talking about raccoon again. I know a raccoon curry at that. All right, keep going. Yes, <laughs> I had no yes. idea raccoon was a gourmet food. Go ahead. Yeah, but you can just imagine that these 
These no, but teams, I don't want to. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. These teams <laughs> play to win. Um, there, there are these beautiful um, handmade uh, trophies for, for the contestants. But also there's beautiful music. Louis Michaud, who's part of the um, Grammy Award winning Lost Bayou Ramblers, plays. You know, he plays um, this beautiful electrified Cajun music, has done so for several years. Um, there's a whole bunch of tabling. Um, so that's kind of our word. There's kids' activities. There's folks out there with information on coastal restoration projects and other volunteer events. Um, there also will be um, our partners with the Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana have this uh, oyster shell recycling project, and so they'll actually be doing shuttles to their restoration headquarters in case you want to take a look at oh, what cool. oyster shell recycling looks at. Um, and so there's tons of fun things in addition to these wonderful cook teams that join us. Okay, so let me stop you and ask you, what happens to recycled oyster shells? Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, and so the first best thing is that um, it stops oyster shells from going into the landfill. Um, and there's this a process where they take the oysters, they recycle them from restaurants, and they um, have to, in a way, clean them and put them out back in nature. Um, and then there is a tremendous volunteer effort to bag them back up, and they find uh, critical spots along their coast, and they place those oyster shells back into the water, back into nature. Um, that's how oysters like to grow, on, on shells um, like they've had before and those kinds of things. And so uh, it's a really great effort to connect what's happening at New Orleans tables um, when folks are eating oysters yeah, here sure. uh, and connecting it to a really important issue. Interesting. Okay. So there's a lot of tabling events, as you said, so people can get a cultural experience about the kinds of uh, things that ultimately the money that they spend at the cook-off for the coast will go to that. So that's good. So back to the food, back to the food. (laughs) So it's, it's going, how many people are going to be, is it a, is it a competition or is it just Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You get judged in those categories, right? You get judged in swims, flies, crawls, there's a student and there's a crowd favorite. So you get judged for sure. Um, I'm telling you very, very competitive here. Um, Yes, they usually uh, are. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Belton MCs, um, you know, the event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's a couple of, you know, points where, you know, he gets to announce the winners and those kinds of things. And then all all during, while all these cook teams are serving, they have those local organizations that are working in coastal restoration or invasive species, you know, stormwater management. All those folks are on hand with information and activities for the kids, too. Okay, so in these categories, and don't go through them again because... I would rather just think of them as generic and not hear about crawling things anymore. So um, I'm squeamish. So uh, in each one of these categories, do you have a lot of competitors? I mean, uh, like how big, how many teams yeah. are you looking at here? Yeah, yeah. Our friends at the Moreau Foundation and, and were, were looking to expand, um, you know, ways that they could add more cook teams this year. I think I think last year they had about 17 cook teams. And, oh, wow. Okay. And so, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit and, and that's how you get the variety of offerings and and so it's just fun and it's really neat because they kind of serve at different times 
times. And so, you know, you, you kind of meander your way through the cook teams and um, you get to try different things. And then you can spend some time at the tables. You can go here, Louis Michu. Um, of course, there's a there's a bar, cash bar with drink specials um, from P. Rogue's Whiskey Bayou. And so it. Last year, the weather just turned out to be beautiful. I understand it. It's going to be maybe in the 70s on oh, Saturday. Nice. Oh, and good. so, good. yeah, it just seems to be a really great time going to go your out. way. Yeah. All right. So, drive. who won last year? Who won last year? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know who won last oh. year. Um, yeah, yeah. Mongo, was it a crawler? I, or? Yeah, I, I was going to say, if I had Now, is there an overall yeah. winner, or is it just in each category there's a yeah, winner? Yeah, in, in each category, yeah. And then and okay. then there is the crowd favorite, right? And so that that's a, a good way to capture kind of the spirit of it. So, okay, yeah, you'll, so, have, you'll have to come so you, out. So anyone who goes out will vote in yeah, some way. Know, there's like is, a jar, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So that's one thing we want to be clear. It's a free event. We want you to come out. We want, uh-huh. want you to take the family out. There's just, you know, hey, if you would like to make make a donation. There's a, other, a couple opportunities like that. And this this is um, this year's Cook-Off of the Coast. is um, We're doing it in a partnership with St. Bernard Coastal Division, the Tourism, and Nunez Community College in addition. So um, we have those two beneficiaries in Nunez and Chalmette High, and then also the CRCL's Oyster Shell Recycling Program. So all those folks are, are bringing the community to the table, and which we're very excited about. Okay, so it's free, and each free. one of these... Uh, now, when you say free, is it totally free, or does each yeah. portion of what you... No, 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 no. Totally So it's free. like you, no. you go yeah, there, yeah. you just can eat up a storm of all kinds of things. And, all the uh, raccoon you want, Mary. Yes, all there the, you yeah, go. Mary. All you can eat raccoon. Yeah, yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah, y'all were so really interested in that. Yeah, all yeah, you all you want. Raccoon. Now they might cut you off, you know, if you eat too much of the raccoon, but... <laughs> I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. But you know what? Maybe you will. I mean, who's going to be there? You don't know. Maybe people who grew up and love that kind of thing. All right. (laughs) Okay. So uh, all you can eat raccoon. These words will never be ushered on the food show again. Now now somebody's going to bring it up. Until you call next year, I guess. (laughs) I guess. Oh, gosh. Anyway. All right. So now here's the big question. Where the heck is Violet? Where are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. About? So, right, it's um, and on the obviously in Saint Bernard. Um, so you can easily you go through um, the Lower Ninth Ward. You pass by Jackson Barracks. That's the easiest way to get there. It is really a short drive out of the city, and if you just punch the address into your GPS. Um, it's really, really easy to get there. And again, once you get to those beautiful oak trees that are surrounding the road, you know, you're getting close. You see a big red building. The address is 5124 East St. Bernard Highway, and technically that's in Violet. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. I have these, um, these, I won't say fantasies because they're not, they're kind of frightening actually, but (laughs) of how far down the ends of the earth these places are. And so I've got my mind thinking that you go down where you go, Patty, to Becknell that way, and that you just keep going on that road, and you can go for a long time on that road. So we're not even on the same road. No, you're you not. can yeah, just you're, go you're to St. Bernard. You're... 
And by yeah, St. Bernard, okay, 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 go ahead, what, I'm sorry? Yeah, 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 no, 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 it's just a really, really easy drive. No, that's from, not from bad at all. I think I've even yeah. seen what you're talking about. That's I not even, even close to the end of the road, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that Violet was that close to St. Bernard. I, I had an image of Violet being like, you know, end of the earth kind of thing. No, so it's no, not, no. So it's not even that far past Rocky and Carlos. I, yeah, exactly. And, you know, technically, like, it's it's the opposite side of the river of, like, English turn, right? It's just on the yeah, other side okay. of the river. Yeah, I yeah. see. Okay, yeah. so we're on yeah. the... We're on the east bank of the right. river. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's easy. Yeah. That's, yeah. You go through Araby, you pass that Canseco's okay. over there. <laughs> well, that's a fun thing to do on a on a Absolutely. nice sunny Saturday, Worth and, the and drive. I mean that you know there's all you can eat raccoon, and that's you know that's definitely a motivator. A <laughs> I high feel motivator. like I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for if only you leave hungry. There's always Rocky and Carlos not far away, but I can't uh, imagine I will that say, you would. Ahead, we, we did a little cooking demonstration, I guess that was week before last, and I had white beans and shrimp, which oh, I grew up God, in Roma, okay. and we didn't put oh. shrimp in our white beans, but it oh. was the most delicious white beans I have ever eaten at 9.30 in the morning. It was okay. so good. So well, if that is any taste of what's coming, okay. I think everybody's oh. in for a treat. We can relax now. All right. <laughs> my 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 brother has you beat though. His uh, daughter is living out of state. She's uh, she's a resident in in Richmond, and she loves his seafood gumbo. And she was only in very briefly, and they had it at seven in the morning. Oh, I love uh, that. Yesterday, I don't. That's I think it sounds frightening. But anyway, okay. So that's great. I think this would be a fun thing to do. This is Saturday again, eleven to three not very far away nope and um just folks just you know just pace yourself watch the crawling stuff and yeah uh, yeah you could you could go have a good time otherwise go back to the tables you can bring your kids they'll do some artwork uh it'll be it should be a beautiful day perfect temperature to be outside and so everybody should come out yeah, and there are safety dishes to be had. All right, <laughs> sounds and good. Violet Thank is you, only Violet is only thirteen miles from New Orleans. Oh, that's oh, that's Nothing. a piece of cake. We might even yeah. do that. All right. Thank you, Simone. Have a Thanks tremendous for me. Yeah, success. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, Patty, you can even do that. I can even do that. I'm not eating any raccoon, shrimp. no. I'm going to tell you right now. No, 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 no. We're not going to do <laughs> raccoon. We're not going to do raccoon. I don't know, Patty, if you get enough drinks in you. Nah, <laughs> there's not enough. <laughs> I don't know, Patty. I'm starting to wonder about you with your Indian proclivities these days. I yeah, Under, yeah. under the right shrimp, circumstances. Regular shrimp, crab, things be, like that. Raccoon, okay. no. Well, she didn't. We didn't even get into the crawling things. <laughs> no. I don't want to get into the crawling things. Okay, we end at walking. It's things. It's probably like turtles <clears throat> crawling. Uh, you know, I, I don't want. I don't want to think that much yeah. about it. I don't. I want. I'm the kind of person that just wants it on the plate, but certain things, <laughs> not some of those things. Anyway, that sounds like loads of fun, and I hope that everybody goes. It's going to be a beautiful day. And uh, then you can call and report back to me if you were brazen enough to have some raccoon anything. So there's two opportunities for raccoon on Saturday, folks. John Fulce's place at the White Oak in Baton Rouge and this one down in Violet. We'll be back. 
Network. I'm Brooke Thorington. Senate Health and Welfare Chairman Patrick McMass says a day-long meeting with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana about its proposed sale to Indiana-based Evelyn's Health produced a ton of unanswered questions. McMath says the sale will create a foundation to address poverty and health inequities, but there are a lot of unknowns. $3 billion foundation um, that, quite frankly, is is the, the language that both sets it up and determines its scope and practice is incredibly vague. Due to the growing intensity of storms, there's talk of adding a Category 6 for hurricanes. A Cat 6 would be defined as wind speeds of more than 192 miles per hour. But LSU climatologist Barry Kime says considering the last one that even came close in the Atlantic was Hurricane Allen in 1980 at 190 miles per hour, there's no need. In my opinion, with no Category 6 storms ever in the Atlantic and only five in the Pacific, I don't see a real need to create this category. LRN. Getting your biggest tax refund from Jackson Hewitt can lead to some spirited reactions. Jackson Hewitt, yeah! Jackson Hewitt is so sure that you'll get your biggest refund that if they don't, you get your money back plus a hundred bucks. Jackson Hewitt, yeah! And Jackson Hewitt also guarantees the accuracy of your return for life. So don't just sit there. For your biggest refund guaranteed, walk into a Jackson Hewitt today and dance out Jackson Hewitt, yeah! Check out this fun game from the lottery. Play 333, win up to $3,000. Stop at your favorite lottery retailer and ask for 333 today for your chance to win up to $3,000. Triple your fun, triple your cash. Play Bingo Tripler from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Stop at your favorite lottery retailer and ask for Bingo Tripler today for your chance to win up to $100,000. The Louisiana Lottery, giving you a reason to smile. Must be at least 21 to purchase. A little appreciation really goes a long way, whether it be our wait staff, employees, family members, or even strangers who open the door for us. Letting someone know that they're appreciated really means a lot. Unfortunately, in today's high-tech, low-touch environment, it's becoming more the exception than the rule that we show appreciation for others. This appears to be the case in spite of the ease and little effort that appreciation requires. And due to this fact, being appreciated has probably never been more valued. So the next time we get the chance, let's take a minute to simply share how much we appreciate someone else. Now I'm talking about more than a simple thank you, by the way. I'm talking about saying the words, I really appreciate you. You'll make your world and someone else's a little kinder. I'm Ed Harrell founder of the kindness revolution the solar eclipse is coming in april and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer you'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today that's shop-kindness.com by the way our listeners get a 20 percent discount on all items so head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Alrighty, we're back. 556-9696 five, five, is the number. This is The Food Show, and I'm Mary Ann Fitzmorris, and I would love if you call up and we talk about food. So, as usual, I had people who were willing to email me about what I'm looking for. 
but of course not go on the air. Uh, Amici was the name of the restaurant that uh, the Rizzuto brothers had before they closed it and moved to the old Tony Angelo's. And I looked up on nomenu.com, which is where you will find the answer to all of these things. The restaurant that predated Patois was called Nardo's Trattoria. And the restaurant that predated that one is Norby's. And the chef that I was looking for, who carved the potatoes, was Chris Kanan. And he was... At Clancy's, the original chef at Clancy's, I did not know that. I thought Steve Manning was the original chef there. So uh, he was, uh, he has passed away. I, I, you know, I remembered hearing that he had passed away. So um, I hope that I've got the right name with the right person. But the guy who carved the potatoes did pass away. And if that is Chris Kanan, I think it is. Um, that is... Uh, that's the answer to all of those things. And now I feel that the Patois uh, report is a letdown. The show has run away in terms of interesting things. And so I, I'm almost embarrassed to bring up my little report from Patois. But it was a yummy, yummy lunch. It was uh, it's an interesting little place. It's tiny. I mean, it's not tiny, but it's pretty small. It's got two levels, which is what's weird about it. So there's a bar area with, I, I don't know, I'm going to count up in my head right now. It's probably 6, 12, I don't know, there might be 20 some odd seats. And then with the bar, maybe 30 people could sit there. And then upstairs, there's probably the same amount. So it's not terribly small. It's about the size of Gotra's, I would say, but Gotra's on one level and this is two levels like three or four steps between the two so uh we started it's one of those restaurants you know i had the opposite experience at the windsor court where i really had to look hard to find something to eat on that menu and on this menu i really had to look hard to to eliminate things that i wanted to eat because i wanted to eat just about everything on it so I started to say we were going to go to Boudreaux's, and then I thought, you know what? I don't know how many more of these Tom has in him. I'm going to give him his level of food. And so um, we went to Patois, and we started out with the assorted breads, which come in a deep ceramic bowl, and it's served with... Uh, lemon curd and raspberry jam and the most beautiful butter presentation, like like a swirly thing. It was really cute. And those were good. They would have been so much better if they had been warmed. It was like, you know, you bake these things and then they sit for a while. And baked goods that aren't fresh, and by that I don't mean cooked, I mean uh, baked days before I just mean after you bake something and it sits you know it gets moisture they were great but they would have been sensational if I had gotten them right off the line you know what I mean there were two scones they had uh 
a fruit embedded in it. I didn't pay that much attention to what it was, but it was good. It was like berry, you know. Well, of course. Well, I would say, of course, if it's fruit, it's berry, but it's not. There could be apricots. But anyway, this was berries. And biscuits that were odd. It was like little, <laughs> little, little square inch biscuit nodules. Which <laughs> was just, just bizarre. It was cut biscuits, but it was extremely strange. Maybe they were like, after the biscuit gets baked or after it gets cut for, uh, because these were biscuits from the cut biscuit universe. Maybe these are the leftover biscuits. I don't know. They were the little, little baby things. And, uh, and a fantastically yummy muffin was in there. It was just like a, like a yellow cake-ish kind of muffin. It was really good. And that was irresistible, really hard to stop eating. And I had a lot of choices that I was narrowing things down. Actually, I didn't want the deviled eggs or the liver pate or the fish dip or the mussels. Actually, when I'm looking at it now, I didn't want any of those appetizers. It was a potato gnocchi, grilled lamb ribs, deviled eggs, chicken liver pate, smoked fish dip, and mussels. And I wound up getting my starter off of the salad section, but I wouldn't really call it a salad. It was divine, though. It was a five-spice duck confit over a pile of julienne vegetables in a vinaigrette. It was yummy yum. And uh, I'm seeing this all over the place, little gem salad in a place like that. That's the kind of salad that you're going to get. And I really like little gem salads, but, you know, I wasn't tempted to get that. I was tempted to get a gumbo, too. But, I mean, at a certain point, you got to quit ordering stuff. So uh, I kind of wanted the gumbo, though, because it was a really dark roux. But then I was thinking when we ordered that first round, I was thinking that we were going to get three entrees, and I, I kind of reeled it back after that. But, I mean, we have to make it count. When we go, we don't know when we're coming back. It's like a one-and-done thing, so we have to order a lot. The Cuban Madame was what Tom got, and I was really glad that he got it because I was interested in it. Steak and eggs, shrimp and grits, the omelette du jour, which he explained and was just fantastic sounding, but I don't know. I just didn't want to get an omelet. I'm sure it was fantastic, though. The fried chicken is what I settled on, and I deeply regret that. Uh, the patois burger, I can't believe I didn't get, but it was pretty much a two-smash patty thing with the American cheese on it, so I've, I've done that before. And the house-made bread and butter pickles, with an egg, of course. Then a pecan-crusted gulf fish, which I'm glad Tom did not settle on. That is his go-to, but we get that everywhere, and I'm glad he went for the, the Cuban uh, madame. What I was interested in, which was on the menu online and a picture of it, and I really thought it looked gorgeous, it was a breakfast chimichanga. It was scrambled eggs, hash browns, black beans, shredded cheese, ancho sauce, uh, herbed ranch, cotija cheese, cotija cheese, and uh, pico de gallo. And that's something that I, I love huevos rancheros, but it has to be in California because that's where they do the really good ones. 
And um, I feel like that was kind of like it, but I decided not to get that. And I decided to kind of, like I said, try not to go crazy. So we wound up just getting two entrees. Oh, Tom had an appetizer of fried oysters that were fried oyster in buffalo sauce. And I wasn't sure if Tom was going to do the buffalo sauce, so I had him put it on the side. So they separated the blue cheese and the buffalo sauce and put it all on the plate, but in ways that he could do it if he wanted to. And he was absolutely gaga over that. He wound up definitely doing the sauce and loved it. We also, uh, I was going to order a side of fries. I ordered a side of hash browns. I was going to do a side of fries too, just because they were house cut. And I was informed by the waiter to his credit, this does not often happen. He said, I just want to make sure you understand that the Cuban Madame comes with fries. And I thought, you know what? He could have let me beef up the check for him at another $6, but he told me that, and I was really appreciated. I really appreciated the fact that he said that. So I am going to stop right now and take a break and then come back and tell you how the entrees were and just kind of get into how good everything was or how bad everything was, but it was kind of a mix of things uh, when we come back. But first I want to tell you about Chisacy Ham, which I feel pretty sure was on the uh, Cuban Madame, along with a lot of other great things. But Chisacy Ham is just fantastic wherever it is. It is the VIP ham that you need to get when you go to the store because this is our local iconic ham. Chisacy ham has a silky texture and a delicious flavor. It is the only ham to use for the root beer glazed ham. Don't even think about anything else, Tom would tell you. Chassasi VIP ham is not the only thing that the Chassasi brothers have in their 115-year-old company. Their portfolio includes a bone-in ham, a roast beef. They have a lot of different kinds of sausages and the Schatz chili that most of us grew up eating, or most of us, some of us, certainly in my house, we did. Chasacy Brothers is the name of the company. The name of the website is chasacybros.com. Go there and see the full line of products. They have sausages that are affiliated with Saints players, so you can see which ones they are. Chasacybros.com, 115-year-old beloved company. And as uh, Nancy's grandmother said, if you don't have if you don't have chisasi, you're out of ham. That's what she told the deli guy when she went to go get some many years ago. We still think about it that way. Chisasi VIP ham. Ask for it if you don't see it in front of you at the deli. We'll be back after this. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. 
Hashtag wake up to Paris. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. Hey, we are back for the last 15 minutes. If you would like to join us, 5569696 is the number. This is the Food Show, and I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. So the entrees we had were the um, the Cuban Madame, and I did the fried chicken. Now, I got to get over my um, my fixation with traditional things because that's really not the norm i won't say that's not the norm thank god it's it's thank god that's not a true statement because i can go to katie's and get something i expect to see i can go to porter and luke i can go to arno's and and i'm gonna be okay with the preconceived notions of what i have in my head so when i ordered fried chicken I imagined fried chicken as I know it on the bone pieces. It was served with a country gravy and biscuits. Now, I'm sorry if this is an offensive statement. I apologize to all country gravy lovers. But I have decided that country gravy joins another item, pork rillettes, and I'm sure I could think of others, where it's great if you cover your eyes while you eat it. I don't like the look of country gravy, especially country gravy with a lot of lumpy things in it. In this case, it was safe. I knew that it was Italian sausage, but there were lots and lots of lumps in this white gravy poured all over fried chicken, but it wasn't on the bone. It was, and I should have known this. I don't know why I didn't think of this because we made reservations on resi. So that means it's going to be hip somewhere in the restaurant, if not the whole thing. And so the fried chicken was not on the bone in a three-piece situation. It was pounded out, dark meat, covered with a thick, uh, crispy outer lining. And this gravy situation was poured all over it, and it was sitting on a biscuit that was probably pretty good. And I just looked at it and I thought, you know what, this is a mess. I'm sorry, this looks like a mess and I don't really want to dig into it. But I did, I tried it. The Italian sausage was really good. And the country gravy, as I said, is good if you close your eyes. The frying situation there needs a little bit work, a little bit of work, I would say. Tom's oysters were a little on the greasy side. 
And I found that to be something throughout the meal. That was true of the fries. It was true of the chicken. It was absolutely true of the, quote, hash browns, which were really small potatoes cut up and deep fried. And I didn't expect them to be hash browns like I do, or but I was curious about the hash browns and I wanted to see what they were. So everything that was fried that came to the table was not optimal frying for sure. So I would say that is a, um, a weak spot at that restaurant. And um, the Cuban Madame was divine. It was on, I don't know, I guess baked bread in-house because they were baking everything else. Whoever's in the kitchen baking things is doing one heck of a job. The, uh, the Cuban Madame was a standard croak Madame, except it was Cuban. So there was mustard, pickles, roast pork, ham, and then I guess a, 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 well, a lot of cheese, a lot of melted cheese. Melted cheese in a way that was really delicious. You know how melted cheese gets to be kind of crusty and it really enhances the flavor? I mean, this was a really delicious sandwich. And it had um, a fried egg on it. And then it was just, it was, it was yummy. I mean, I was really wanting to eat that instead of what I had. And then we were just so full. I mean, I had to pull Tom's Cuban away from him after a few bites because he was full after the oysters. And I don't like to have Tom be overfed because of our little situation last summer. So... Um, we brought home a bunch of things. I mean, most of, most of the entrees. We were full by the time the entrees came. But the table next to us was celebrating a birthday. And they had the uh, dessert of the day, which was this gorgeous, thick slice of banana bread that had fruit on top of it. And I, I guess some kind of sauce. And then they have a key lime tart there that is stunningly beautiful. And I was looking over Tom's shoulder at that tart while they were eating it. And I was thinking, if that's cheesecake, I want some of that. And I was really ready to get that, even though I was going to have a bite and bring it home. But when he said it was a key lime tart, not that I don't like key lime, I do like key lime, but I just, I don't know, I'm not a citrus dessert kind of person. And so Tom had already eaten so much lemon curd and, and strawberry jam that he had a dessert. He had dessert before he started his meal. And so uh, I, we just passed on dessert. But I would imagine that the desserts at that place are fantastic. I mean, I looked at both of those and I thought, those are beautiful desserts. So overall, it was a fantastic meal. That duck confit, our two first courses were just obscenely good. And um, the breads were really good. 
and the uh, croak madame was fantastic, or the Cuban madame. I keep stumbling over that. But uh, Patois is a place I would definitely go back for brunch. I would love to explore more of this menu. It's rare that I see a brunch menu that I just want everything of. And uh, that was the case yesterday at Patois. If you have not been to Patois, it's definitely worth going. Uh, I was, I'll tell you what, one of the decisions or one of the reasons I made the decision to go to an upscale place, besides the fact that Tom loves that and can really tell the difference, the prices were not all that much different than if we had gone to Boudreaux's. I mean, Tom's Cuban Madame was $18. My fried chicken was $20. The Patois burger is $17. I mean, of course, steak and eggs was 32. The goldfish was 32. The chimichanga was 18. I mean, these were not, this was like the same kind of prices we would have paid at some place that was far below this standard. I mean, the duck confit was $21, but that was so worth it, you know? I mean, it was uh, just a level of craftsmanship that was really superb. So I'm glad we went, and we will go back. And uh, I think that that's as good a restaurant as it's ever been. And it was a place that we used to really like to go. So I'm glad I thought about it, and we were able to go back. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. This is the point at which George would call, but uh, I don't know if we will have George. Anyway, I really enjoyed Dar Darren's dissertation on Vegas, and I look forward to installment number two. But uh, I have a few minutes, so I'll just talk a little bit about Michael Mina, who first turned up in our world at the St. Francis Hotel in San Francisco on Union Square, which was, I think, Tom's favorite hotel. And he had the restaurant in the hotel, and I think it was called Michael Mina. And this was back in the early, I don't know, like 90s. And uh, he stayed there for a long, long time, and then he left there, and I don't know why, and went down to Los Angeles, I believe, and had not one but two restaurants in Los Angeles that were extremely um, flamboyant, flamboyant. And then he closed there. And so I'm glad that he turned up in Vegas. Let's go to George for signing off the show. Hi, George. Hey, how you doing, Marianne? Tom? We're good. We're good. George, what's yeah, been, going on? Uh, I just got back like 3.30 this morning from, from Augusta, <laughs> Georgia. And so I'm going from having uh, a selection of two restaurants to then having a very, very hard time. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. It's like, what do I feel like Thousands. eating? What kind of food? I know. Exactly. It's unbelievable. It's crazy, crazy. It's an and, embarrassment um, and, um, of riches. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, and, and um, I'm happy to be back. You know, the weather's beautiful. It, it is. A little colder. Yeah, it was a little colder in Georgia than what it was here, yeah. here with this kind of weather. But Well, um, George, you missed a couple uh, of nasty days in there, so. Yeah, I heard. My brother was telling me, uh, I called him Saturday, and he said it kind of rained like all day. Yeah, nasty. One of them days, so. 
cold. We didn't get no rain up in Georgia. I did some work and uh um you know, no rain at all. So that was yeah. that was a good side of it. But I'm gonna have to call you back because I still am interested in talking about that um you know that Oh the upcharge. That oh I'm happy to say there was no upcharge at Patois. No oh, upcharge right? at barbecue. Yeah. So I had no oh, upcharges okay. over the weekend. Yeah. It's not everybody's okay, doing it. Not everybody's doing it. Yeah, Not but happening. hopefully it'll it'll stay like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, it's going to turn a lot of people off, and yes, they don't that's need right. that. That's right. So I'm thinking but that I'm it's going to go back. I'm, I'm thinking it's not going to become everywhere. It's going to go back and recede. That's my thought about it. But just happy to be back, and uh, I got to give me a shrimp pool, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. I'm at, look, I feel like I've been gone for so long, and I only left for like four days. <laughs> you know, seeing, seeing we went to food. Parkway and had a really good overstuffed shrimp poor boy over the weekend. I forgot to mention that experience, so I had so much to talk about. Oh, you know what? I might have to hit him up on the way home. Yep. Thank you. There That's you it. Seventeen dollars for know. a really big overstuffed exploding shrimp poor boy. All right, George. Oh, okay. Always that good. good. I'll let bye you bye. know. All right. All right. All right. Take bye-bye. care. Bye bye. I was talking to Jude this morning, speaking of the rain, and uh, his commute is normally an hour because most people stay home. They're getting bad weather out there, which is really unusual for that area, as you know. And so uh, it never rains in California, but it has been quite a lot lately. So he went in and his commute was half that because he's not afraid of the rain because he grew up here. He knows what rain is. And every time they talk about rain, Jude's thinking to himself, you, you don't really know what rain is. Anyway, uh, that's it for the show. Nomenu.com. I tell you the truth. If you want to know the answer to anything... You will find it there. Type whatever it is into the space bar. I just proved it by finding out what was there before Patois. And we prove it other times, too. Instagram, at the New Orleans menu. We would love for you to follow us there. We have a newsletter coming out. You can sign up for it at the front page, top right-hand side of nomenu.com. WGSO New Orleans, time for the news. The USA Network. See you tomorrow at this same time, 4 o'clock. Good night.